Hi guys and welcome back. It's been a couple of days, over 10 days, but today I really wanted to get this episode out. There's a lot of stuff we got to go over. Your second place Tigers we're going to lead off with today. Uh, I'm happy with this right now. I know they look pretty bad the last two nights. We'll get into that. Then we're going to get into the Lions and some D-Hop talk. I know there's been a lot of rumors about that and his odds boosted like heavily last night. I don't know if you saw that overnight. So we'll talk about that. And then we have more specials coming out this week. So, Jad, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Kenny. So, let's just lead off right away. We're watching the Tigers. The Twins, thankfully, are still losing games. They lost last night. The Tigers lost. You're still two games out of first. See, I don't think this is going to stand much longer. I think that they, I think this is a good ball club that will win 75 to 80 games. They're going to be below 500. But I, I, I'm starting to get this feeling like I know this is a tough month. If they can get out of this month three games below 500, I feel like this is what you should do at the end of the month going into deadline. Want to hear it? You trade. You need to build for the next four years, not the next four months, right? Yeah, we're building for the future, not for not for this season. It's definitely right. not a, you know, if we made the playoffs, it's not going to be a run. No. So you're getting bounced in the first. If you get in, you're winning 83, 84 games this year. You're not winning anything more than that. And you're getting swapped easily in the wild card game. Like you're done. There's no way they're going in and taking a game. So what I'm doing here is I'm trading E-Rod away. That's the first thing. But I am getting either an MLB ready starting pitcher to take his spot or MLB ready second baseman or third baseman that can literally just keep you afloat. And at the same time, you're getting a guy four years for four years. You're not getting a guy yeah. for four months off. So you're, you're looking at a guy that can keep you competitive, right? Not someone that's going to make this team substantially worse, but a guy who can keep this team where they're at. That's fair. I think then you buy a little bit, right? You trade away some of those Avila prospects that you just know aren't going to pan out. Because keep in mind, we have a new GM here. He's wanted to evaluate everything. He said it from the beginning. He's evaluated the minor leagues, I feel like. And I think there's going to be a lot of pieces that are just going to start getting traded off. Guys who can't command the strike zone. Guys who can't field. Guys who are analytically bad. And if there's anything about this Avila era, they were all analytically horrible. Every player. So That's very true. You got to get a second baseman. In my opinion, or a third baseman. Guy who's going to bat 260. You can hit him either two, you can hit him six, or hit him at seven. So a guy who's just going to get on base. Then you go out there, you get another, another arm in the bullpen, a strong arm. So at deadline, you're getting a starting pitcher, a relief pitcher, and a second baseman or third baseman. And then you're just rolling from there. You're not getting much better, but you're not getting much worse. You're kind of just rolling the same roster out, moving Erod for an MLB-ready player to build for the next four years. And you're also building on the next four years, bringing in a second baseman, and potentially you're building for the next four months if you think you're making the playoffs with another bullpen arm. Look, I'm not even thinking about trading Lane. That's the last thing I'm doing. I'm holding on to Lane. You know why? Because you need to build for the next four he's, years. He's, again, he's, we found a reliable closer, something that we've been struggling with even when we were good. I think he's not, not like Soto. This is a guy that I can see. I feel confident putting him out on the mound 
ninth inning up by a run in the wild card game. He's the guy we can't afford to let go in the state that we are right now. I think he, like you said, he is a building piece for the future. I think we're close. We are close. Next year. When we're healthy next year, I think they have a chance of doing something. Maybe Genuinely, I think. Let's look at that rotation next year when we're healthy. I mean, Mize should be back. Scooble should be back. Manning. Fayedo is coming along. Erod's likely going to be gone. But those are four starters that I think can be better than Erod. And, like, oh, I agree. like, honestly, at that point, Lorenzen, the fifth starter, if we re-sign him. Like, even Boyd comes along. There's so much more options with that fifth starter. That was that core four. My Scooball Manning, even Fayedo. And there's other guys that's still coming up, too, from the minors. There's still some of those top, those high-pick prospects that we drafted over the years that are going to come up, be impact players in the starting rotation. And you know what? Those that can't crack the starting rotation, they'll be great in the bullpen. We have a solid bullpen now. It can only get better, really, with how many prospects we have in our system. I mean, I'm happy with the back end of the bullpen especially, but I think this team next year, if the guys that are injured this past year are healthy and pitching at a competitive level, we can make some noise. Okay. So I'm going to disagree with you about the prospects. I think our farm system's a joke. I think our farm system's garbage. And I think there's only one pitcher in that farm system that's going to be good. And that's Ty Madden. Who would that be? Ty Madden. Ty Madden. That's, that's what I'll say. Yeah. Ty the Madden rest of them, I just I, – I don't see it. I really don't. Like, we don't make top What's the one that we drafted the past year? Um, we have less top 100 prospects in the Oakland A's right now. Think about that for a second. Just, just think about that. Like, we have less 100 – this farm system is one of the worst in baseball. and Because all the guys that were good came up. <laughs> right. So I, I don't expect any There's of these still guys. A few. There's still a few. I don't expect any of these guys. Maybe Colt Keat will come up and be really good. But after oh, that, Jackson, well, that's what I was thinking he's of. A, he's never going to pan out. He's a bust. So I've been seeing a lot of info. Why is that the case? He's always hurt. Why he's healthy. He's not that good. I mean, he's playing in high A right now. That guy, he's a guy that's not going to be up to the big leagues for a good three to four years. Three to four years developing the minor. We had a, had a premium pick spent on him. Well, I think it's someone that we can still... I know, but when you're picking that high in the draft, it's really hard to fuck it up. And they do... You got and, guy, and you're forgetting who was GM for seven years. I know, but you got a guy that can still have a... He showed potential to be drafted where he was. I think a but guy that can be in the minor reach on, four But years, everybody said it was a reach on draft night. It might have been a reach, but he's not by no means a bad player. He's a guy that with the right development can be something, can be that. Maybe I'm not even asking for, be a, for him to be an ace. If he could be a three to four starter, a reliable three, four starter, that's all we need. All right. So he hasn't pitched this year yet. Last year he was four and five with a three eighty four ERA, so just nothing special. And then you got guys that were picked after him like Marcelo Mayer, that are just tearing up in the minors. The guy you should have drafted. You want to have to deal with Baez next year. You have this guy there, like, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get to this next point because I think this is a good talking point. I think that Scott Harris. I'm gonna give him an A minus so far. You know why wow. I'm giving him That's, an A minus? Nope, I respect that. No, I'm giving him what an A minus because he promised everything he said he was going to do on his opening press conference. He's done a good job of so far. 
right? He's going to find guys that are going to control the strike zone on both sides of the bat. And guess what? Yep. You got Michael Lorenzen. That guy throws first pitch strikes every single time. He controls the strike zone really well. Then you have a guy like Zach McKinstry who drew 20 walks last month or this month. Oh, nice to watch. Three twelve and stealing bases. We're running the base path smart. It was something you talked about. We're feeling better than we were last year, which is another thing you talked about. The only thing this team can't do is put a run across the base when there's runners in scoring position. Which honestly, oh, that's that's a little point to watch. Which that's brutal to watch. But he found Zach McKinstry and Michael Lorenzen, two guys that he promised he was going to find, and did it. And, and who would have thought Zach McKinstry would be one of those diamond in the rough Real. finds? Beautiful, lead, great leadoff hitter, great leadoff hitter, one of the best in baseball right now. So I'm watching what Scott, I'm watching what Scott Harris is doing, and I'm watching it close. Yeah, you know the Soto deal is mad, but look at what Soto's doing in Washington. He's playing horrible. He's over a five ERA down there. Yeah, Veerling hasn't been anything yet. He's been nothing but disappointment. Yeah, yeah he's not been horrible. Mayton's been nothing but disappointment. Um, Veerling's been okay, but. Many times, I, I think Veerling's been one of one of the more reliable. Like Veerling's ever the play, I feel more confident than when a lot of players have played. So I do too. I, think I do too. But like on a winning team, he's he's depth. Yeah, but I mean, close to a winning team. Like, but I don't then, know. I, I've I've not been disappointed with Mayton's not been great. I've not been completely utterly disappointed with him. Like a lot of fans are. I am. I think he's playing his role, but. The point is, is he got a non-Alavilla return there. He did, that yes. was a good return. For what so Players that can play. That's a bad, it's an okay deal for both sides. Like, yeah. nobody really has won that trade. Now, if Justin Henry Maloy. No one got stars. Up, now, if Justin Henry Maloy comes up and starts tearing it up, we win that trade. But oh. as of now, nobody's won that trade. Everybody's playing equal. And, and the way I look at it is, like, if Villa was GM and traded Soto, we would have got the number 29th prospect in the Oakland A's farm system for Soto. Like, mm-hmm. that would have been the return. So at least his returns are nice right now. Mm-hmm. And that makes me comfortable going forward. <clears throat> this guy so far has been everything he's been hyped up about, right? Like, his whole hype was this guy's a young baseball mind and – He's he was really good in San Fran. He was Theo Epstein's, you know, right hand man. This was his reputation around the league. Like he was supposed to be this rising star. Now, how many of these guys ever live up to their rising star expectations? Very few. How many of these guys have to play money ball and pan out? Very few. Because you know, the way I look at it is with Illich, you're playing money ball. You have to. You're in the same position as the Rays. You're in the same position as the A's, the Nationals, the Royals, the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, the Reds. We're right there, Marlins. We're right there with all those teams and spending money. You have to play money ball if you don't have a checkbook. And unfortunately, it it never works out. Outside of the Rays and the A's in history, money ball doesn't work. Hopefully at some point, Chris wakes up and says, I'm going to spend a little bit of money and just see what happens. But until that day, they want anything. Well, he doesn't even invest right. in the stadium. I've been to the ballpark twice this year. Have you seen the TVs there? I they're like outdated. They're from the early two thousands, probably. They probably have not been updated since the first few years of Comerica Park's existence. There's a few seats that have rust on them. 
The outfield fence is stupid. The outfield fence is moving so bad. You know what? That makes me so upset. They had the whole offseason to make that look nice. And I had my problems with them moving the outfield fence in anyways. But you have the whole offseason. You're going to chew it, do it, make it look nice. Don't just – it's like a – it looks like a little league thing they did. Like, oh, there's a little league tournament or a high school baseball tournament at Comerica this weekend. Let's move in the fences 30 yards. I just put in this chain fence up just to get it done quick. That That's awful. It shows that they don't care about the team. And that's sad because you know how rare it is for the Tigers to be good. Like how fortunate we were growing up. Like Dude. how many times – like we were lucky. We had – well – We were in middle it, school. God damn, that was the best Tiger season we've ever seen. That, like, I remember, like, what, sixth to, like, ninth grade? Tigers were incredible. Tigers were, like, every night, get home. We want to watch the Tigers. Like, we're it's winning games. because this city, like, backs this team hard when they're winning. Like, oh. this, the, it's the same thing with the Pistons. Like, this city backs them really hard this, when they're winning. This city cares about their teams. This city – when we're losing even, we still care. Like, look at the Lions attendance, even in our worst years. Tigers fans care. When the Tigers eventually get it together, the stadium will be full. We'll see that upper deck just full with fans. And they're filling it better even now. Fans. Yeah. I mean, did you see the crowd I, this weekend? They had a nice crowd all week. It, it looked good. It really looked good. And I was very happy with that. But Illich, not just spending on Players, we got to make the stadium nice. We got to make the stadium a place where fans can come, be safe, have not look at rust on a seat, have you know, it's just the stadium amenities, everything about it, concessions, everything about Comerica lacks in the grand scheme of things of MLB ballparks. You go to LA, you go to Boston, a lot of these stadiums, just not just what's in the stadium, what's around the stadium. Chris Illich has not invested in this team enough to make Comerica. This place that can hold a bunch of fans when we're good. They seem really to me, they don't care about the team. They just don't care about making a game day experience. Well, he talked about this. District, of, well, District Detroit's a joke. Exactly. And that's there Chris you go. Illich. And that's Chris Illich. Mm-hmm. Which is just ridiculous to me that you bought all this land in the city and right? empty parking lots everywhere. And and that's just sad. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable yeah. how cheap this guy is. And, and exactly. It's just, it's sad. Does not care. Does not care about the team. It's sad because the city w- is dying for a contender right now. We need, and, you know, and it looks team. like we're dying for a contender and we have way too much hope in the Lions because it's been so <laughs> long since the city's been good. Yeah. I'm just watching the Lions like this offseason so closely. Like This is probably the closest I have followed the Lions in my entire life easily. Because we're so, good. <laughs> at, for good reason. Look, there are some hot, there are some headlines that have come out OTAs. Jack Campbell is better than they ever thought. Is what I've heard, and the other thing I heard oh. was Lee McNeil is thirteen pounds lighter and faster, which is interesting. They they still have a plan for him. So the Not way I look him. at it is like our DTs. He must be really comfortable with them if he waited until the third round to grab one, or oh. Patrick was that guy that they really wanted and they saw something in him that nobody else saw. It was one of the two. That's trading up. Like, it's like, uh. But they, I, I feel comfortable with this deal. I know a lot of people have a lot of question marks with it. But I, I feel like James Houston wasn't lightning in a bottle. I know that's my heart speaking. He's my favorite player right now, him and Kirby. But um, I think Hutchinson, I mean, he he got the hang of it at about midseason. He figured out the lead. Yeah. 
And Absolutely. now you're at year two. You know he's True. taking a huge leap this year. Mm-hmm. Huge leap. I feel like that. I feel like Jacksonville passing up on him has a chip on his shoulder too. Like I felt like that was a really like interest. I, I never understood them passing up on him. Aleem McNeil uh, and Broderick controlling the inside with Josh Paschal. I'm really interested about Paschal because you think um, Levi all three quick plays, all three rotate. And now my thing is, I, I've heard a lot of rumors about this. I hate it, and I think it's stupid. Bring him back soon. I feel like you're getting the same production out of Aleem McNeil, Levi Anzarike. Mm. You're getting the same production out of Roderick Martin, and you're getting the same production out of Pascal. You're getting the same production. Why are you making it even more crowded? You know what yeah. I mean? Bringing Sue back would be a horrible idea. And he's an asshole. Remember, this team, the culture we're building in Detroit now, it's a different Lions team than that, what, 2014, 2015, 2013? Was, I, yeah, well, 2010 to like 2015, that's when Sue was on the Lions. That's a very different culture team. I think this team now, we have no room for Dominican Sue's bullshit. You know, like that shit he'll hit a play. Like, he was a late hit king, unnecessary roughness king. Um, just unsportsmanlike conduct. All the bullshit he do, that just has no place on this team right now. Stupid player, exactly. We do not need stupid players to this team right now. I know this fan base. Yeah, no place. This fan base has We're... this nostalgia bullshit for Sue. Exactly. For two guys. For two guys. You want to hear the two guys they should not have nostalgia for at all? Sue Andre and... Drummond and Sue. And the city has an obsession. Oh, basketball. Okay. Yes, you're... I was thought you were going to say Ziggy Onset or someone like that. No, I, I actually like Ziggy. But... Those two guys, the city has some nostalgia bullshit for. I don't understand at all. I don't understand. There were guys that were so highly touted coming in that could have been like the game changers in, our, in their respective franchises. They weren't horrible, but they didn't live up to that. But there's some fans that still latch on to the idea that they did something here. I think Sue would be a distraction now, take away playing time from young guys that can develop with the team. And overall, just cause issues. Like, imagine we're gonna have some shit. Oh, big third down stop. Oh, wait, and Dominican Sue put a forearm to the quarterback's head for no reason. Fifteen yard penalty. How many times did that happen in this in Sue's reign in Detroit? Like, we that has no place in this roster right now. I, it's not gonna happen. They're not gonna bring in Sue. You know what? I, I would be very upset. If, oh, I'd be what? very upset as well. But you know who I want? Them yeah, I'd be very upset. Like, yeah. D Hop. Who do you want? D Hop. Let's get now, into look, that. look, look, yes, look, look, just listen to me. Just hear me out. I don't want to pay him more than just the season. Just rent him for the year. Go all in on a ring. One year? Go all in on a ring this year. That's the I movie you have to. Want. I feel like you have to. But look at why it makes so much sense. We still have 22 million caps. <laughs> a team like Buffalo, a team like KC, a team like uh, who New else? England. Cleveland. They're, they're salary cap. With heavy cap space? Right. Like they're salary, oh, they're salary oh, cap. Okay, yeah. Where I don't know if it's really about the money or is it about the the ring the D hop. I know he said he doesn't really care about the money, but I mean if you're getting offered 15 mil from the Detroit Lions and five mil from the Bills, and I feel like if you're D hop, you're looking at the Lions and you're the last piece for the Lions, right? Like that's your missing yeah. last piece to go all in for a Super Bowl, right? I will I, say this though. Go ahead, finish your ball. I'll I got something to say about that. I feel like the there's a good chance we're going to get him 
because I, I was yesterday, I was like, there's no chance when the Vegas odds came out originally at plus 1600, was it? Now they're plus 800 yeah. overnight. I mean, the odds are trending up heavily for Detroit. Now, is that just all smokescreen or is Detroit really actively trying to get him and are making a last second push for him? Because I feel like if you're Buffalo, you you have to pull the trigger. Like you you have oh, yeah. to. He's the if you're Detroit, if you're KC, you have to pull the trigger because that's your guy that wins you the Super Bowl. Now, look, I mean, I think our offense is good the way it is, but can you imagine Josh Reynolds being your five receiver when Jamel's back and Marvin Jones being your four? I mean, my God, D Hop. But that's the thing. Does D Hop want to come in and be probably a three receiver? Because he's not going to be a one or two over a I And if he's 1B, then that's where I have a problem with it. I don't think Hopkins at his career, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather save that cash they put into something else and let – I for want season, more touch one year deal? Jameson Williams and Amonder St. Brown. One-year deal, absolutely fine. That's not the problem I'm saying here. I think if he's a wide receiver three, no problem. I mean – I don't think it's worth taking away wide receiver one, wide receiver two touches from Amonra and Jameson. And you know what? I think he'd thrive in a wide receiver three role. I think absolutely less coverage and he'd be great. But does he want that? Judging what his demand, it wasn't a demand list. It was his, what his considerations were for his next team. I don't know if the Lions fit that bill too well. I, think I don't do. think the you Lions. Have a you have a quarterback, you have an old line, you have a defense, maybe. It looks like they have a defense on paper. We'll see. I, I, I'm very high on this defense because I think their secondary is just straight, straight no fly zone playmakers. But if I'm the Lions and I'm looking at I'm looking at D Hop, man, and I'm licking my chops, like that's your one piece you're missing. Like that's the guy. Like, you know how Rashid Wallace put the pistons over the top. Yep. He would be the guy that like would push you to the promised land. And I feel like if this team gets a home game in the playoffs, at least for the first round and second round, they, uh, they're not losing. They If they have home field in this playoffs, I, I think they're going to run through to the Super Bowl. You're right. And look at the, then you take a look at the offense with D-Hop. That's incredible. That's like simply one of the best offenses in the league. If not the best. Like that receiver trio. Can you think of a better receiver trio in the entire NFL? Other than um, that, when when Jame was back, nobody. And you have Laporta as a receiving tight end. There you go, Jameer Gibbs receiving running. Like Jameer Gibbs is going to be used as a receiver a lot. Debo. Yeah, just opposite kind of with the more running back angle, and I'm excited to see if we can carry the ball. I I do think Monty's going to be the the bell cow at running back, though. I think we're going to see a lot more of the Debo role for Jameer Gibbs, but. That offense instantly. Can you think of a better? If if I don't want to, I don't want to give much acknowledgement to the golf struggles and um, OTAs. But imagine that offense. Golf's playing the way he did last year with those weapons, with this O line. That's a scary, scary team. And I'm on the fence about the Andre Hopkins, but oh, I'm I would be so excited to see that offense with him in it. I would love to see that offense. I don't think there would be a better offense. In the league, I think there, there last year last year's offense was electric. By the way, you know what I really liked what they did, and we'll talk more about it in the episode. Uh, I liked how they finally brought in a kicker to, to challenge Badgley. 
Yes. Yeah. So that was something, you know, that was something I was on here screaming about for months is that yep. you need a kicker. And that's a, now Riley Patterson might not be your answer. I wanted Brennan McManus. That was, I, in my opinion, the guy you should have brought in. But I'm looking at us on paper, and I mean, this—if if Patterson's your kicker and he turns out to be good, turns out to be reliable, now you're not going for it every time, fourth and one, fourth and two. Now you can yep. settle for three. Now you don't have to play as aggressive and get field position if it doesn't convert. Now, granted, every time we went for fourth last year down the stretch, it worked. It felt like it felt like he rarely, rarely <laughs> messed up. Good. Um, yeah, Jamal Williams. This guy, this guy Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. Let me tell you, like, I was not a fan of this at first. I looked at it and I laughed. I said, there's no way in hell this is going to work out. Like, especially in that first presser with Campbell. I'm like, this guy's a tool. This guy's an idiot. He's just another guy. Yeah. It's going to come and go. You, you've heard me. You heard. I never was a fan of him up until now. I, I think they had a very interesting way of going about that, that search. You know, they brought in Campbell first and Campbell picked his GM. Yeah. And – I thought that was just another recipe for failure, like best friends together, running a team. Now, granted, I mean, it's really refreshing having a GM and a coach and an owner all on the same page, all which is something most teams don't have right now in pro sports. Sometimes that's very true. Sometimes the owner is off the page with the coach or the GM is off with the coach, but you have all three of them all on the same page. I've heard that um, Rod Woods off the scouting side of it. He's just numbers now. So they've structured this organization out in a way that they're, they're going to be successful, which is something they were incapable of doing for 60 plus years. Let's conclude this episode. I'll be back with a tiger special and a lion special. I'll see you guys soon.